0: Hello and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. I am excited. I am uh, looking forward to sharing with y'all this morning because we're going to talk about the power of love. And, you know, Jackie and I took a little time off for the holidays, and during that time I was inspired by the great theologian Huey Lewis in the News. And so we're going to talk about the power of love. I mean, I figured that if Jason Cox last week can reference Jed Clampett in a sermon, then I'm good referencing Huey Lewis, okay? So here we go. Come on now. We're going to talk about the... (laughs) All right. Seriously. Y'all stop laughing at that stuff. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Okay. So speaking of the power of love. So if you're out on social media much, you're probably seeing the frequent posts that are on there demonstrating the power of love, right? It's the it's the military parent that comes home and surprises the child at school. Um, it's the, uh, the, uh, it the, oh yeah, the special needs student that gets to make the bucket on the basketball court or score the touchdown, and they go running off the field celebrating together. But most recently, uh, as we took a little holiday break, Jackie and I, we had recorded uh, President Bush's uh, the funeral of President Bush 41, uh, the state funeral, and during that time of, of watching that, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but it is powerful. I don't care about your political uh, side that you're on. It was just a beautiful story of an humble man that loved God, and in, as he's the uh, his priest is sharing the during the, the uh, service. He begins to tell the story of former Secretary of State James Baker, who was uh, him and his wife were apparently uh, President Bush's very best, closest friends. He tells the story of Secretary Baker literally standing in the hospital room as the president passes away, gently just rubbing his feet to bring comfort to him in his last moments. And when asked why, Secretary Baker says, this man changed my life. He said, I watched him for 40 years, symbolically wash the feet with his humility to international leaders and the most simplest of people that he came in contact with. And through this friendship with him, he changed my life. And it was my honor to be in the room, to love him when in his moment of need. And it was just Like We love these stories. It's it's so powerful because these stories, they are the incarnation of God's love. But we really love the responses, like when the child goes leaping into daddy's arms, right? Or when the student gets carried off the court celebrating with both teams jumping up and down, mom and dad are in the stands just weeping. It's just a powerful experience. And we love all that stuff because we love a happy ending right? Which is why the Hallmark Channel exists. (laughs) And so I want to say to you this morning, as we kind of enter in to the new year, as we, it's a good time to kind of take an evaluation. It's a good time to take a little bit of an inventory. It's where we celebrate the victories that we've had. We learn from the trials uh, that we've walked through. But as we consider the past and the future, there's another question that needs to be asked as well. And that question is, Do you know how you're doing right now? How are you doing right now in this moment, in this day, in this opportunity of the new year? We'll answer that question depending on how well we understand ourselves. How honest will we allow ourselves to be with one another? But it also depends on how much love we're receiving from the Father. How much of His love do we know and are experiencing? Because if we don't really know how to read our gauges that well, then we might be doing worse or better than we think we are. And so, as we take a little inventory this morning, what I want to say is, wherever you're at, my heart is just to encourage the dog out of you this morning, if I can. I just Will you all let me do that? Just encourage you a little bit? Okay, because we spend a lot of time around here, Talking about the love of God, on and on we talk about it. In fact, we've been talking about it for like 26 years. We've been talking about the greatness of Jesus. We've been, in fact, for like 26 years, Jamie has been trying to get to the end, the bottom of the barrel of the goodness of God, and so far he has been unsuccessful <laughs> because of the unsearchable riches of Christ. All right, see, so I'll pray for him that he has success getting to them. He's never going to get there, and neither are we, right? But we've been doing this for a long time. And if I told you the history of what we have walked through as a church, the 26 years of all the things that we've been through, I would have to tell you about a long, winding road of highs and lows. I would have to tell you about some triumphant victories. I would have to tell you about some painful losses. I would have to tell you about some radical healing miracles that we have seen. I would have to tell you about standing in the hospital room with tears running down our face as one of our saints passed away. We know the transforming power of His love. And we know the pain of persecution. But as I stand here today, (laughs) our story is that God's love is the most amazing, a most outrageous, most unrelenting, most pursuing, most transformative grace you will ever know in your life. That's what we know about God. How's that for a theological doctrine basis? You know, when I, where I grew up in East Texas, we had a word for stuff like that. When you liked something you heard, we had a word and we'd say, that's what I'm talking about. It sounds like multiple words. It's not. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, Ryan. So if you like something you hear this morning, just go ahead and say that's what I'm talking about. All right. Turn with me, Ephesians 2, 4 to 5. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. If you want to follow along in your handouts, or you can follow along on the Fort Worth, Antioch Fort Worth app. We got notes in there. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. It says, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. It's by grace that you've been saved. This is what what He does. He pours out His love on undeserving souls, makes them come alive. Over and over and over again. And just when you thought it was over, just when you were dead and your transgresses, transgressors, he'll come and bring his love again. And he'll breathe life on it one more time. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. It doesn't matter what you're experienced. It doesn't matter what you think, although that can help. But it doesn't matter what you think because the reality of his love is it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. He can't stop coming with love. When you and I are filled with hate, he just says, I'm coming with love. When you and I are filled with fear, he says, I'm coming with love. When you and I are filled with being scared, when you and I are filled with wrong thinkings about God, he says, okay, I'm coming with love. It's who I am. It's the air I breathe. It is my character. I cannot do something that I'm not. You trying to get me to leave you in a moment is like telling the oxygen to get out the room. It can't happen. Woo, I wish I was amening as good as I'm preaching. I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. This one, that's what I'm talking about, Pastor. I'm telling you now. All right, I got four signs for you of signs of life. That's what we're going to take a little inventory and find out what some signs of life are, all right? So number one, wrestling with God is a sign of life. See, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody from East Texas on the back row. There are signs, there are seasons in our life where we find ourselves wrestling with what we think about God. Where we find ourselves wrestling with what we understand about His character. Particularly when Scripture seems to be contradicting itself. Like Old Testament wrath versus the New Testament love that Yancey was referencing this morning. There's a bunch of other topics we could talk about. But at the same time, there seems to be the assumption in Christianity that faith is the antithesis of doubt. And so in order for one's faith to be strong, there needs to be the absence of doubt. And this is important because if we think that these two are incompatible, then we're going to work really hard to avoid one of them. And so the problem is when the strength of one's faith is equated with the degree of certainty, then the tension or the cognitive dissonance that comes with doubt is interpreted as something evil or bad. And so we push it away and we avoid it. And the issue with this is that it becomes impossible to honestly acknowledge the merits of another perspective that might be challenging us. Okay, And so you might remember a story in Genesis 32 where Jacob says he was wrestling with a man. That man turned out to be God himself. But it says that he he hung on. He says that he wouldn't let go. What he says was, I'm not letting go of this until you bless me, until you speak to me. And so my encouragement on this for you is if you're in the middle of something or you've been through something and you don't have understanding about it, you just don't have clarity about it, it didn't make sense to you. It left a wound. It left a pain. My encouragement to you is just hold on and tell God, I'm not going until you show me. I'm not going until you pour out understanding on me. I'm not leaving until you let me understand the depths of your love in this place that has been difficult for me. These are signs of life is what I'm trying to say to you this morning. Don't let the discomfort stop you. Keep pressing in. Keep leaning in in these places. Second sign of life, consecration. See, Jesus said to seek first his kingdom. There's a reason that he told us to seek first his kingdom, because whatever we seek first is going to organize our life. So if we seek problems first, problems are going to organize our life. But if we seek first the kingdom, (laughs) the kingdom is going to organize the problems. And this is, this is a big deal in this culture because consecration is about offering, offering ourselves to God. And so if we hold on to our own life without consecrating ourselves, then what happens is little by little, we just become desensitized to sin. We don't even recognize it. We don't even acknowledge it or see it for what it is in our own lives. Romans 12.1, it says, "...to present your body as a living sacrifice." And particularly in our culture, where freedom is seen as the removal or the elimination of all boundaries or all authority. We want to keep all our options open because you never know when something else more attractive might come along. But the consecrated soul just walks up to Jesus and says, I willingly surrender my rights. I willingly offer myself to you because I trust you to lead me more than I trust myself. I trust your love. I trust your goodness. I trust that you have my best interests at heart. This is what consecration looks like. and We want to be people that live and stay in this place. And it's in these moments that we start having a sense of God's life in us. Because if loving God is the greatest commandment, and we just don't have time for a divided affections. It's about seeking His kingdom and giving ourselves to Him continually. Because if you show me a person that's consecrated themselves, I'll show you a person that's walking in spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger matters because it's the trump card that gets you over the things that hold you back. You don't have to be the smartest person. You just got to be the hungriest person. And I promise you, you'll get the breakthrough. But we're not seeking hunger. We're seeking Jesus. And when we obey him, the spiritual hunger is the fruit of saying yes to the king. That's how we change our life. That's how we change our environment. You know, there's a lot of mighty men and women sitting in this room. A lot of world changers sitting here. But what if this year in 2019, that instead of allowing the culture to influence us at whatever level we are allowing it to influence us, what if we just said, the calling of God is going to rule my life this year? What would happen? What kind of joy, what kind of freedom, what kind of grace, what kind of direction would your life take? I want to know. That's what I'm talking about. Number three, signs of life, renewed mind. You know, as I reflect on my own journey, I am acutely aware of how the way that we view God impacts the way that we experience Him. And honestly, the longer I've been a part of this church, I am becoming convinced that our experience on how we uh, view God, how we experience God is significantly impacted by the way we understand Scripture and what it says about Him. The question is here, is what view of God is going to determine our understanding of Him. Will it be the sacrificial love at Calvary that determines our love? Or will it be some Old Testament story of capital punishment for sexual sin or burning down entire cities? What are we going to allow it to be? Because the way we answer these questions are deeply going to affect our relationship with God. But they also uh, affect our relationship with one another. And this really comes into play when we're experiencing Difficulty or pain or trials, because we're going to respond to God based on whatever we believe about Him, and I want that being renewed and transformed in myself. We're going to be when we get into those places where we're pressed and the and the and the the pain is starting to come. We're going to start asking: Is He good? Can He be trusted? Does He have my best interests? Is He full of love? And whatever our answer is for those things, that's how we're going to respond. And so we want to know Him. But if we wrestle with these things and consecrate ourselves to God, now we're in the position. Now we've put ourselves in a place of humility and openness where God can actually reveal the true nature of His character. And any time God's revealing His true nature, you're going to experience some of these things Every single time. They look like peace. They look like joy. They look like contentment. They look like love. They look like security. It's, these th- this is what happens when God shows His nature to us. Just overwhelming waves of life and peace and hope and love. And you just want to stay there a little longer. Because I can't get enough. You just can't of your amazing love. You just, there's no end. And so you, that's, you just sing that song and repeat over and over and over because you can't get enough when you're in that moment. That's what I'm talking about. Out of the youth section. Love it. Romans 8.6, one of my favorite scriptures. It says that the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and Peace. It's really that simple. It really is because I mean, are we what are, what are we looking at? What are we staring? What are we meditating on? Are we looking at the problems? Or are we looking at the problem solver? All right. Uh, fourth sign of life: spiritual freedom. Freedom isn't about removal of boundaries. It's about knowing our identity. See, because worldly freedom says, "Let me do whatever I want." All right. Real freedom says, just let me do what I was made for. Just let me do what God's telling me to do. That's, that's, that's freedom. That's walking in life. Because the power of being free is that now we understand that not everything leads to life. That's the power of being free is that we can see now and we're like, nope, nope, not I don't, I don't need that right now. That's not going to get me to where I'm trying to go. Because we start realizing that not everything's good for us right except ice cream it's good for us that's what i'm talking about but freedom releases us to enjoy the things that we were made for right second 2 peter 2:16 it says live as people who are free not using your freedom as a cover up for evil but live as servants of god so be free Be free. Yes, be free, completely free not to go do our own stuff and make bad decisions and get ahead of God. Go be free to go be the servants. Be free to say, I'm standing right here, God. I'm not moving until you tell me to go, because that's what's going to lead the life for me. I've tried it my way. I've messed up a thousand times. I'm ready to do it your way, God. I'm, I'm, I trust you. I'm with you, God. I'm going left when you say left and right when you say right. And that's it. That's all I want right now because I'm tired of living a life that's dragging me down and taking energy out of me and stealing from me. I want life. I want life for me. I want it for my family. I want it for my kids. I want it in my office. I want it in the spheres and places you've given me. I want to bring life. Oh, I want to... I want to reach the poor. Then go follow God and do what God says with the poor. I want to go change my city. Then do what God is telling you to do. But you've got to get with him. we got to get in the place and the presence of the living God and say, Father, what are you telling me to do about changing the city? What are you doing, God? What is your heart? And what have you made me to do in this piece? What is my little role? What's my little piece? I didn't got to do it at all. I just want to do what you made me to do. <laughs> that's where we get happy. And that's where we find life. All right. But on the other hand, we can't always respond to God because of our brokenness. And I am acutely aware of that situation. I could tell you about that all day long. In fact, I just might here in a minute. And I could, I could say plenty about it, but here's what I want to say. If you find yourself where you're like going, man, just... The thing that happened, or I'm just, I'm just in some pain, I'm broken, I'm disappointed right now, or whatever's going on, if that's where you find yourself out in the moment, my encouragement to you is do whatever it takes to get to the power of God's love. That's it. If there was something easier, if there was a shortcut, if there was another pill I could give you or whatever, I'd give it to you in a minute. I'm telling you, get to the presence of God and let his love fill you up and watch the pain get healed. Watch life start flowing in you and watch you start walking being who God made you to be. It's all he's about. It's all he does is restore, renew, build things up that were broken, breathe on dead bones, make them come to life. This is all he's about. he's about. He's not judging anybody. He's not judging me. Thank you, Lord. He's not judging you. (laughs) <laughs> He's handing out love. He's handing out love. He's handing out kindness. And He knows about everything you and I have walked through. He looks at that heart, and it breaks his heart. When he sees the pain in us, he goes, I'm coming. You'll open the door. <laughs> I'm coming. Just open the door. Oh, God, here I am. Oh, God, it's painful. Oh, God, I'm tired. Oh, God, I don't even know what to do. That's all right, son, I got it. I got it. You're in the right place now. You're in the right place. I can, I can work with that. Oh, I'll bring this to life in a minute. Just you watch. It's what he does. It's who he is. Woo. That's what I'm talking about. We can't just back away into our destiny. We've got to have a plan to get there. And if you don't know where you're going or what you're doing or how you're going to get there, just run to the place of God. And watch it, let him tell you, let him show you, let him clear the path down. He's going to go, there it is, remember? I told you five years ago, (laughs) blow the dust off of it, and there's the path again. Oh, yeah, here we go, God, here we go. He'll do it every time. In fact, I know all about this. Because I know all about this, because I've been through some stuff. huh? In fact, this past uh, summer, I found myself wrestling with God about some stuff that I had experienced back in 2017. it's been a couple years now. Uh, Jackie and I have worked together for 30 years. We have our own business, and uh, but during that time, we just we went through one of the hardest uh, seasons in our business that I've experienced when my company's 21 years old. It's the hardest thing I've, I've ever been through. and In that, as we're walking through a very difficult, challenging, painful, bummer experience for us, it's also putting pressure and tension on our relationship. And so just everything's just, you know, haywire or you feel like that is. What I learned was that although this was really a difficult, challenging trial we went through, the inability to get closure on it just wore us out emotionally. And so, we, and that's all because of expectations. You, whatever your expectation going in, going into the trial is, if it doesn't meet that, then tension, tre- stress, worry, all that starts rising up. So we just we had expectations that weren't realistic. But what I realized that was through twenty seventeen at the beginning of last year in twenty eighteen, I realized that I was just unconsciously walking around trying to avoid pain. That was my mo. Just. It hurt. It was difficult. I was tired. And so I'm just in kind of uh, protection mode. The problem is that we all know that doesn't lead to life. Staying in protection mode because all you, if, you, if you're in protection mode, then you are focusing on problems. And that's it's never healthy to get out of anything. And so what, during this time, one of the biggest things to suffer uh, for me, myself personally was my morning time with God. And uh, I wasn't. I wasn't sleeping. It was like worry, anxiety, stress, and so I couldn't sleep. And if you're not getting rest, and it's hard to get up and have any, you know, meaningful time with God, and so times with God were like getting real abbreviated, and sometimes just getting dismissed because just I'm waking up in the morning, just feeling like you know what what ran over me, and so uh, one morning. Uh, This past summer, early in the summer, I think it was, Jim Yosef was in town, if any of y'all remember that. And Jamie just came up at the end of the sermon like he does a lot of times and just offered a little simple call to ministry uh, in response to Jim's message. And what he said was, what's the one thing that we can do to obey God today? Just as simple as that. He asked us all to close our eyes, and we did. And he asked that question of us. And when I closed my eyes, I heard God just as clearly as anything in my brokenness, say, meet me at 5 a.m. When he said that, I knew exactly what he meant. And he was calling me to, I saw a picture of myself at the prayer room over here at 5 a.m., from like 5 to 7 a.m. in the morning. My first thought was, what in the world? Like, I was like, I'm going to be waking up chickens on the way to the prayer meeting, you know, like this is going to be offensive to them. Yeah, the things you think, right? So the next morning I arrive at the prayer room, 5 a.m. We start worshiping, and I'm worshiping as loud as I can. I've got the music cranked. I am worshiping and shouting to God as loud as I can. I am consecrating myself, and I am repenting of things. I am declaring my utter allegiance to Jesus. And this went on day after day after day. And a month went by, and the next thing, two months went by, and three months went by, and on and on. It was the most powerful, transforming spirit encounter I've had in some times. And it was glorious. It was beautiful. It was powerful. It was just walking around morning by morning. One of the things I knew was that I needed to say yes to God on His timing. You ever get into those places where you're kind of obeying God, but you're like, you do it a day later or a week later or whatever? And I was just kind of tired of that myself. I was like, this is is not good, Todd. This is not how you get anywhere. It's not how you've had any success or experienced anything good from God is delayed obedience. And so when God said, Meet me at five o'clock tomorrow, I was like, I got to be there at five. I need to be there at five for my own soul. And so it felt good just to say yes to God and go, flesh, get back. You're you're not in charge anymore. We're going to let the Spirit of the living God lead us. Second month, I continued just worshiping, but because of the the consecration and just joyfully submitting myself to God, what happens is my mind starts getting renewed. And so now He's showing me what I've been through. He's given me understanding of what I've walked through. He's shown me why I'm so tired. He's shown me why it felt so painful. And he's just going over and over. Yeah, I know. I know you thought you were alone. You thought you were going to be left alone. I was there with you the whole time. I was there with you the whole time. Yeah, but there was nobody else in the room, God. There was nobody with me. Oh no, I was there. I was there. I can't not be there with you. Or you can push me away. You can stop looking at me. You can stop talking to me. I'm going nowhere. I'm staying as close as you'll let me stay. And the minute I just turn back to God like that, it's like His love just whoosh. His love just comes running, just comes filling the room, filling my heart and transforming my mind. I'm stopping believing the lies that I was believing about the situation and life and truth and hope is coming. None of the circumstances changed right then, but my outlook changed completely. I walked in there full of anxiety, full of stress, full of despair. And I walked out knowing the king is alive. <laughs> knowing that I don't know how I'm going to get through it all. I know is God's with me and he's good and he's faithful and he's already told me he's going to take care of me. So that's what I'm going to believe instead of believing all that other nonsense. You've been listening to the enemy so long, I'm worshiping Jesus going, I ain't got time to listen to your lies no more because I'm too busy worshiping the king of kings. I ain't got time for you no more, enemy. uh uh-uh. Three months into it, I'm walking and worshiping Jesus and consecration. He's renewing my mind. Third month, he starts setting me free. Starts setting me free. Starts setting me free. free. And that's what comes. That's a fruit. When we get transformed, when we get turned, we get turned inside out. When the life, when the reality, when the truth gets into the place it's supposed to be, which is right here, freedom comes. Freedom comes. And so the shackles are off, the doubts off, the the lies are off. And now I'm free to stand still and walk at the pace that God wants me to walk. Get this thing worked out. You're going to be okay. You've got to get the splinters taken out. But we got to stand still, just like the song said this morning. I'm standing still. Talking about standing still. so And I can breathe again. That's what that song said. I can breathe again because I'm standing still finally. As long as we're doing this from God, He can't, he can't work with us, right? But we got stuff stuck, stuck in us. we got to stand still long enough and just let God pull the, pull the splinters out. And here's what I want to encourage you. Those things feel like bullets. They're splinters. They're just splinters, okay? They feel really bad, but it's not as bad as it feels. Once love shows up, and starts filling you. It went on for nearly four months. (laughs) I'm not there every day now, but I just, any spare moment, any time I get, I'm running to the prayer room. I'm running to the prayer room because my life depends on it. It depends on His presence. It depends on letting His love pour over me. I've got a plan. I've got a vision. I've got a calling. And so do you. But we can't live it out unless God's life is fueling us, unless his love is leading us. This is it. But we've all just got to find out how do we get into God's presence? What is it for you? What, what, what helps you get into God's presence? What helps you feel his love? It doesn't matter what or where or how. It's just what helps you. If it helps you, get there as fast as you can. Stay there as long as you've got time. It'll change you. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right, be standing with me. Mm. All encouraged. A couple of y'all, anyways so what have you been wrestling with is there something you've wrestled with in the past year or so is there something you just need God to come and give you understanding you know sometimes you may look at it and think man 2018 was a rough year it's a hard year for me but here's the good news The enemy, the thief only comes to take your valuables. What I mean is he's not coming in for your dirty socks. The thief comes to take the jewels, the gems that are inside of you. That's all he wants. And every one of us has these things that God has put in us, the things that God has shown us. But they're meant to stay there and develop and to grow, prosper and unfold. But life will come and try to Swipe one of them. And we think it's over. We're like, yeah, I'll never get that back again. Or this is just where I'm... No, 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 no. Love changes everything. His love, His love, His love, His love. So is God calling you maybe to consecrate yourself at the beginning of the year? Is He calling you to walk with a renewed mind? Is there something up here that just... Needs God's love to help it function better, to help it have more understanding. Is so there some freedom that you want to walk in this morning to know? And if any of you are here this morning and you're thinking it's the new year, a fresh start, you've never made a first response to Jesus, if you've never given yourself to him for the first time, I want to encourage you to come down here as quick as you can this morning. So I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. I want to pour God's love out on you this morning. So whatever you need, physical, emotional, spiritual this morning, these guys on the prayer team, they're just here to love on you and encourage you this morning. So let's just take a minute and lean back into the loving arms of the Father.